You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory Mailbag Edition for the week. And it's a special week because football starts on Tuesday. We are, we've made it, guys. The rookies and quarterbacks are reporting on Tuesday this week. We have football to start overanalyzing here shortly. Here to help me overanalyze with, uh, with uh, all these things that are being happening this week. Craig Stout and Maddie Lane. Matthew Lane, find him on Twitter in Chief in Carolina. How are you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing great. Like you said, for Chiefs fans, football starts this week. Actually, more specifically, it starts five days from now. That's right. Training camp opens up on Saturday, five days from right now. It's only going to cost you $5 to get in and watch. And while you're waiting in line to get in, you can just drop a five-star review for the podcast. We enjoy it. We read your (laughs) questions. We love reading your reviews. Kent chuckles every time I drop one of these, but that's okay. I enjoy the smile. It makes his hair look even better. How you doing today, Greg? (laughs) I'm doing great. Yeah, let's talk about Kent's hair some more. Let's shift that. Shift that beacon towards Kent Swanson and the glorious hair. Yes. Obvious deflection because he doesn't want a renaissance man joke. Yes. But yes, football starts this week. Quarterbacks. Rookies report this week. This is great. This signifies the end of the offseason when you are writing about football and you are in the offseason. It is tough to come up with content. It is tough (laughs) to come up with motivation sometimes. It is tough to do this podcast sometimes because we don't get a whole lot of information, especially over this past month. We're going to get new content. We're going to get new information. We are just as excited about all of you guys to be talking about real things happening on a practice field. I uh, I forgot to mention this because Maddie last week or two weeks ago promised that any questions in the five-star reviews, we would answer. So, Maddie, I'm going to ask you this question. If Bring it. Kay Gum- if Kay Gumminger was your head coach, which barbecue would be your offense and which beer would be your defense? I don't know. <laughs> It's a very tough okay. question. Let's think about this. Which barbecue has the best aerial attack? Like, which barbecue do we know of that has the best, Gates. like, wings? Gates? Gates. All right. Kent's a Gates guy. Big, big Gates vote. I was going to say uh, Gates. We're going to. Well, just, you said aerial attack, and you said aerial attack, and I took it as, like, never mind. Okay. Craig, which uh, beer is the stoutest? Mr. Stout, we need the, we need the stoutest d- of beers. It would be a uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Something that has been aged in bourbon barrels. Let's talk 12% or higher. See? And this is why I'm the GM of this team, because I just delegate all the hard stuff to other people. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was great. Good good job, Maddie. That was a tough one. Uh, shout out to mouse 187 for asking us that question. Uh, appreciate that. I had no idea what to do with it, but Maddie did a very good job. Let's just jump in right now to the to the mailbag questions. Uh, we're going to start with some Twitter ones, and we're going to start with a Tyreek Hill question. I feel like we probably need to go there first because we haven't talked since Tyreek Hill was uh, not ruled to receive any suspension whatsoever. whatsoever. Aerodontist asks, I've seen a bunch of people talking about who is negatively impacted from the Hill news. What do you think the ben- who, or who do you think benefits the most from it? Patrick Mahomes benefits the most from it. Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes together is a special combination. You saw Patrick Mahomes several times during the season drive a ball, and Tyreek Hill just went up and got it. Or um, I think about the Patriots game, the first Patriots game where they scored too, fi- too, scored too fast in the first uh, second half uh, with three minutes left in the game. Patrick Mahomes kind of just got the ball in the general direction and Tyreek Hill went up and got it and finished the play for a touchdown. Those kind of explosive plays just happen because of two unique talents. Patrick Mahomes is the one that benefits the most from Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think Pat's the obvious choice there. However, I think Pat's bordering on already being good enough that he would still be plenty good without Tyreek Hill. I think they could make it work. They're trying to replicate the same general traits that Tyreek Hill has. I don't think they can get that skill set from other people on their team yet, but the just physical traits are there. I actually think Sammy Watkins might benefit the most because now he goes from being the clear-cut wide receiver one on the team to definitely the wide receiver two to most defenses, which you're going to get more plays like if we go back to that Denver game last year that he was healthy for where he's running crossers against linebackers or against safeties trying to slide down on him in coverage. So just getting him in situations like that where it's a clear mismatch for already a super talented player, I think probably boosts him the most. Uh, the only other person is I don't want to steal Craig's answer here, so actually I'm going to let him answer first because I do have one more. I got one more. All right. Uh, Maddie. You're cutting in and out a little bit, bud. Craig, well, all right, boys. Why don't you uh, Why don't you answer that question? Well, I'm gonna say that I think that it's Miko Hardman that benefits the most from it. I, I know when we drafted Miko Hardman that there was a lot of talk amongst us, amongst Chiefs Twitter, that he was a Tyree Kill replacement based on exactly what was happening on the field, and you know we just kind of jumped to that. He's got you know, legit speed, and so the natural comparison was there. And we said that we were worried about that and him having to play wide receiver two, or if Sammy Watkins went down having to fill in as like your wide receiver one. We said those types of things right after the draft. No longer is that the case. Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill being active and starting on the outside is the best possible thing that can happen to Mecole Hardman. He is going to get the chance to come along slowly. He's going to get the chance to develop as a wide receiver. And he's going to get the chance to work underneath, be more of a gadget player and a returner this year while he's learning Andy Reid's playbook, learning how to be a wide receiver. This is the best possible scenario for Miko Hardman going forward as a future player. I think this, this is just great for him. Uh, everyone in the live stream is pressing F to pay respects to Maddie's connection, and there are several Fs. 
uh, in <laughs> the live stream. Thank you for paying your respects. Great googly moogly, great googly mo eleven asks. I love this question. It's kind of perfect. Batty's not here to answer this one. Who is the Jean Ralphio Saperstein of the Chiefs? The underrated, most important player who takes the Chiefs from great to elite. Bravo for the question. That's I great. just, I just, that's just, that's perfect. I, I so good. Um, who is the most important player uh, that's underrated? Let's go with uh, Sammy Watkins. People have have disregarded Sammy Watkins' value to this team, and maybe he didn't make as many appearances last year as you would have liked. There's a there's the John Ralphio connection. I, they could have made a show, a standalone show about John Ralphio, and I would watch it. Um, Sammy Watkins, because you wish he was you wish he was on the field more, but when he did, it, it made the entire thing better. Man, that's that's a great one. I thought about it a little bit. I was gonna say Sammy Watkins as well, but since you took that, I got an audible here. Yes. Um, man, this is tough. I, I'm I'm trying to think of the person who would probably be most likely to get hit by a Lexus, or <laughs> most likely. There's to... a lot of Breland speaks these days. No, 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 no. No, it's not Breland. It's not B- Breland because he's not the worst. But. Oh man, I I don't know. I don't know. It, I, Sammy Watkins was going to be mine for the exact same reason because you want more. You want more of him on the field. I'll say Patrick Mahomes because we don't. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. We want we want more Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. O U S A S. Who will be this year's Parker Ehringer? As in the surprise piece that Beach flips for someone else. Surprise one. We've talked about a lot of guys. Give us someone that's a little, little out of left field. A little out of left field because Cam Irving has been my guy that, I, yeah. that I've been speaking on for quite some time. A little bit out of left field. Let's talk wide receivers. All of a sudden, with Tyree Kill back in the mix, there's a lot of wide receivers on this squad. I think that maybe, and I, I do think that Demarcus Robinson should be wide receiver three to start the season, but I think if they think that Byron Pringle's coming along, if Miko Hardman's learning a little quicker than they expected, those guys are going to be under contract through next year as well. You can move on from Demarcus Robinson, maybe collect an asset there. I know we've personally talked about him a little bit in the chat. I think Kent maybe even brought him up initially but you start thinking about it and uh, he's a guy that does have value in this offense but if the right trade came along i think you could move him let's stay on offense about carlos hyde Hmm. you see you see daryl williams getting some run he's looking good you like what you're seeing out of darwin thompson someone goes down and, and they need uh, someone goes down for someone and they need a, a, a quality running back to throw into the mix. Carlos Hyde would make a lot of sense to me for a team to be interested in acquiring. Sure. The Chiefs don't lose a lot of dead bunny if they are to move on from a guy like Carlos Hyde. Chiefs Lutz asks, what is the plan with the almost $30 million left over in cap space? Well, I think what you're going to see is there's going to be some uh, extensions this offseason. And I think Tyreek Hill is... Potentially the first guy to catch that. And I I don't know this for certain, 
but I would guess maybe the Chiefs want to structure it in such a way that they can get out of it if they need to. If there is another incident of a, a personal conduct or you know more things like that, or maybe even a clause in there about something that you know behaviors or anything like that, I get that he's been cleared of wrongdoing, zero game suspension, and all of that. But they might hedge a little bit and try and make it to where the signing bonus isn't spread out over multiple years, instead guaranteeing more year to year in a way that they can just kind of get out after a certain year. So Tyreek Hill still get paid the same amount of money. It just wouldn't be a massive upfront signing bonus that could create more dead money going forward. I think that that's what they're planning to use it forward and then just kind of roll over the rest. Shout out to his Dirkness, who's on the live stream right now. Uh, I I forgot who that was uh, because he's been missing for like two months. Uh Give me honestly, like what they're gonna do with the thirty million dollars in cap space. I don't think they have a ton of plans for. Yeah, maybe the Chris Jones extension. Yeah, maybe the Tyreek Hill extension. But I think they had this money earmarked for other things, like Earl Thomas making twelve million dollars uh, on a one-year deal, things like that. They, I think their plans just fell through. Ronald Darby. Maybe they had some plans for Ronald Darby with that money. I mean, I. Honestly, I think th- I don't think they intended to have this much money going into this time of year. So uh, carry it over and help pay Patrick Levon Mahomes. Uh, I I don't know if they really have anything that they're going to be able to do with the rest of this cap. Brandon four twenty two asks, give me a player comp for Garrig Dieter. Ooh. Uh, that's tough. I'm bad at player comps. These guys can attest to that. When we were doing the draft guide. I leaned pretty heavily on mock draftable and researching from from that. I got one. You got one. You got. I one? got one. Uh, it's it's pretty bad. I you know my natural tendency is white possession receiver. Like <laughs> I mean, like that that's the easy thing to say. He's I, a Wes Welker type. But how about no? He's not a Wes Welker I type because he's bigger and he's not quick. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with check this out. Uh, Patrick Levon Mahomes friend being a receiver in the group <laughs> griff whalen got signed to the colts and he was andrew luck's white receiver at stanford <laughs> so there's my griff there's my griff whalen that's that's pretty uh, good I yeah think, garrick dieter is, is garrick dieter better than griff whalen be, maybe be honest but I, not I, by i, mu- I, think I don't think be. by much i think i mean like I, I maybe uh, he's currently playing for the Calgary Stampeders per Wikipedia. Yeah. But, I, think, uh, I, I think Gary Dieter's making this team. I do too. Yeah. I, I really do. You see, you know, the connection and like we talk about, you know, building rapport with your quarterback's an important thing. <laughs> They've he's been definitely work- got that. <laughs> he's definitely got that. He's been working with uh with Tyreek Hill all offseason, it appears. He went on vacation with Mahomes. Uh, I I kind of buy into it, even though honestly, if you're gonna rank the receivers on talent, he's seventh, eighth in that room right now. Not to not to right. dunk on him too much. No, but. no, but it, it's the work ethic and it's the connection. It's 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 the it's the brains too. It's like the brains, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I I wrote an article. It might be on Arrowhead Pride already. I don't know. That I was talking about the receiver group and and how like guys like Byron Pringle and Michael Hardman, if they take steps, could really help you know the long term outlook of the receiver position, 
but I didn't include Garrick Dieter because like Garrick Dieter, I think you kind of know what he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an athletic ceiling, an athletic upside to him the same way there is for the guys like Byron Pringle and, and Mikkel Hardman because those guys, a lot of what intrigues you is the athletic profile of those guys. You don't say that about Dieter. He's just a guy that knows where he's supposed to be. And he's built rapport with Mahomes. So, yeah. um, And then on top of that, I mean, you got to remember, Garrick Dieter was active for the AFC Championship game. So it was Tyreek right. Hill. So it was Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson. All those guys were active. So yeah. I, they, they obviously see enough of him to trust him in that game. He returned a fumble that, for whatever reason, wasn't a judge to fumble. I, I was in the don't stadium. Talk about, don't want to talk be, about it. I may be a little emotional. I may not have gotten a true good look at it, but that was definitely a fumble that Gary Dieter housed. Did you see Chase Snyder posted today? They're talking about how Julian Edelman's starting the camp with a with a finger injury. I did see that. And that was a, that was a great joke. Yeah. I, the finger injury occurred from that play. Apparently, <laughs> uh, he still hasn't recovered. It's been a really long road to recovery. Tanner Graver asks. I read the best cover zero beaters are slant routes, which chief wide receiver runs this route the best. So yeah, slants are a great cover zero beater and there's a lot of reason to that. One, because um, it helps you get the ball out quick because when you see cover zero pressure, typically, uh, actually there's there's more guys for th- that they're bringing than you have to block. So if you can get the ball out quick, if you can get the ball out and it, look where the slants are heading, the slants are heading towards the middle of the field. It's a shorter distance throw with, you know, throwing a ball hot and then throw into the fact that there's no line of defense beyond your defender. So those three things matter when you're throwing a slant route or when you're throwing against zero pressure. Uh, and that's why they are so be- They are so valuable. I'll give you one, Craig. I-, I have two. So you pick one and then I'll just take whoever you don't take. Sammy. Sammy's a great man beater. Sammy is great at getting off the line, getting leverage on a corner, and coming down with the ball a little bit contested. Sammy Watkins, we saw that time and time again last year, was really good beating man coverage, especially single man coverage. That's what you're going to get in cover zero. So, that yeah, it, it's Sammy Watkins. With Sammy, he's really strong with the ball too. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's really good at the point of a, uh, at the catch point. And that's really valuable for how, you know, he runs slant routes. The other guy's Tyreek Hill. It's a little bit different. If you're going to tell me I got to throw a slant against zero pressure, I'd probably, if I need, if it's third and three, I want to throw to Sammy. If it's second and three, I want to throw to Tyreek. Yeah. And I want to give Tyreek a chance to take it to the house. You saw the Chiefs hit, you saw Mahomes and, and Hill make connections on slant routes a lot last year. The yak ability with Tyreek on slants, most of the time with the RPO kind of stuff, that's where he's got a ton of value because, um, you know, he, he sneaks out the back door a lot of times. You know, he that's big play potential. Uh, but I, I still, you know, second and three, you're getting zero pressure. Throw it to Tyreek and see what happens. Okay, Irish Chief One asks, let's look at week one and tell us your matchups to watch. Nick Foles in a new scheme. Will we see the old Nick Foles? And how the defense can try and disrupt a veteran quarterback in a new system, Craig? I I think that uh, Nick Foles, especially in regular season, is human. I, I think that you can force him to make mistakes. I think that you can force him to kind of throw off balance. He's just not the most solid, sturdy quarterback 
in the pocket there. I obviously that Super Bowl run that he made was amazing uh, as a backup quarterback, but he was a backup quarterback for a reason. I'm not necessarily worried about Nick Foles. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo is going to speed up his timer in a big, big, big way. He's going to blitz him heavy. He's going to play all sorts of games up front with that defensive line. He's going to wreak havoc there. They're going to have to try and lean on the run game a little bit early, I think, to try and keep Foles comfortable. I just don't think that you can do that with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. And you make Nick Foles throw athletically. Um, I know he's done a lot to, you know, he did a lot of good things even off platform against the Eagles, but I think is a different beast. One, he doesn't have the same kind of familiarity that he does with other guys. Um, you know, this he's stepping into a new situation, and he doesn't have that same kind of rapport that he's built with other Eagles fans. So, or Eagles players, sorry. So, I, I don't know if you can trust it the same way. Um, so that's one thing I do, uh, and also, you know, like we'll see what we'll see what this we'll see what this new defense looks like. I mean, there could be some changes and some permutations to what he's typically done in the past that they haven't seen yet. He took a year off. He watched a lot of football. He watched a lot of college football, and he watched teams try to defend stuff like the run-pass options. It's good. I, I expect some wrinkles that Craig and Matt really haven't seen yet oh, yeah. uh, for this for this defense. So I'm really excited to see it for a variety of reasons. I've been watching more defensive tape lately because I don't know why, but like I've been just like watching... Uh, I watched Charvarius Ward last night, a cut-up of him. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that later. I have some real concerns. <laughs> but I was watching Spags, too. Like I was just watching Spags tape from 17. So uh, Adam Zook asks, thoughts on the Chiefs NFL looking to implement a 3-3-5 type scheme to better stop the air raid type offenses like Iowa State has started doing? I, Craig, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the things that the Iowa State's done with their three-man front. Uh, it looks like four in the box at times. It does. But it really, I mean, it, it's kind of, a, it's a bare front. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I, I, there was an article he attached to it, but I think, you, I know you're familiar with it. I know I'm a little bit familiar with it. Do you think teams could start using some of that three-man bare front? I, uh, maybe, maybe. For those who aren't familiar, uh, you might recognize uh, it's called a tight front. And T-I-T-E. And what they do is they have three down linemen, a nose tackle lined up over the center, and two ends outside of the tackle. And then on the sometimes, sec- Sometimes inside the tackle. Sometimes inside the tackle. I but mean, it's, it's I, sometimes I, they play real tight. For sure, for sure. Iowa State, typically on passing downs, likes to have those guys outside the tackles, though. But then they have three linebackers, a Sam, a Mike, and a Will. And sometimes those Sam and will linebackers, and that Sam could be like a hybrid safety or something like that or a slot corner, but those two guys will kick way out on the slot receivers, leaving what looks like a four-man box with the three-down lineman and the Mike linebacker. you got your two corners on the outside, and then you typically have three safeties in the back. One of them they call kind of like a, a joker safety or jack safety, but he plays in the center of the field almost like a Tampa 2 linebacker. He just doesn't start in the box and back out into that, which is kind of a weakness of Tampa 2 as you could throw over that Mike linebacker. That safety will stay in the middle of the field, and they kind of split it up into thirds back there with your corners up front. 
The problem with that is that the box is so, so very light. Now those overhangs, that Sam and that Will can crash down, but from the interior, you're really putting a lot on those three safeties back there to have to come up and, and be fit, run fit, intermediate fit defenders there so that they can help stop the run. You're going to be able to fire off your guards. You're going to be able to get those guys to climb and kind of squish some of these lighter guys back there and make it very difficult for these for the defense to really stop a decent rushing attack there. It works in college because most of those guys are athletes. You got smaller guys out there. I realize I'm going on a big rant here right now. No, this now, is guys, amazing. But don't stop. This is this is art. It also it also matters because a lot of times those rules for the tight fronts are dependent on the field and the boundary. And I know I talk about field and boundary a lot when I'm talking about NFL field and boundary you know if it's on one side of the hash the short side of the field is the boundary the large side of the of the field is the field in college they're much wider wider significantly much wider. wider so then all of a sudden if i don't like that by the way i don't the, either the more i watch college football i hate it yeah so if somebody sorry if somebody's on the hash in college football they can call it you know formation into boundary and there's a lot of defensive coordinators that won't shift to the strength of the formation if an offense pushes the like the passing strength of the formation into the boundary because it can limit what the offense can do against that short side of the field they'll still play to the field and things like that in the nfl if you're having your will and your sam have to kick that wide out when the ball's in the center of the field you're just giving the offense more space to work on both sides of the ball so i i don't foresee that it's going to be a major revolution you'll see implementation of it bill belichick has implemented it in the past but i don't foresee it being like a major you know uprising and something that's going to take over the nfl and be a base defense going forward in the nfl well i have plenty to add to that (laughs) let's let's hear it let's hear it man no that i that was amazing I, that that was some of your best work, and I have nothing to add. Uh, and I'm really glad Maddie's not here. See, I had to take over because Maddie was supposed to be first on that question. He was going to go long on that. I was going to try and tag up on it. So yeah. Anyway, so good. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, ben White 485 asks: Besides Mahomes, what player injury hurts the Chiefs the most? Uh, I'm I'm going to do a look kind of a Maddie answer here. Anyone in the secondary, because the secondary is so thin, it has nothing to do with an individual player. It's just anyone in the secondary. Your turn, Craig. Oh, my goodness. Man, Matt's lanes right here. Travis Kelsey. Uh, tight end two, yeah. I think, is the weakest backup position that's out there. Some would say corner. I would say the starting corners are not great either. Travis Kelsey is an all-pro player. And then it's a giant cliff. And that's okay. I, I, I think they can find a guy to fill that in. But if Kelsey goes down, that, that limits a lot of what this offense will be able to do going forward. 1,000%. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Deion Yelder's not running Y-ISO. They're not isolating Deion Yelder on the backside. Uh, if Travis Kelsey gets hurt, Sammy Watkins becomes all that much oh more valuable. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's your ex. That's your. He's gonna. He, 
Sammy probably stays a little bit more stationary. You lean on him to win that one-on-one -on -one matchup backside. You play him a lot kind of as that as that uh, that X, that true X, which is where, you know, Kelsey lines up as the Y ISO a lot. So uh, if that happens, you need Sam Watkins on the field. Uh, P. Desan Chiefs asks, the most intriguing position battle, left guard, cornerback four, or tied in two, Craig? I'm going to say... I'm going to say left guard because I think it matters the most out of those three positions. Left guard is a starter. Cornerback uh, four ideally shouldn't see the field throughout the course of the year. They obviously well. will see it a little <laughs> bit here and there, but this team, you know, yeah, with this team, it might be Keith Reeser. It might be, you know, Mark Fields, Rashad Fenton. Those guys really don't enthuse me. I'm not really looking forward to watching them duke it out. I am looking forward to watching Andrew Wiley and Cam Irving and a little bit of Nick Allegretti if they give him some reps there at guard, Khalil McKenzie. I, I think there's a lot of depth there. I think there's a lot of potential for a guy to kind of sneak in and be a, a decent starter on this offensive line. I think it's Wiley, but I, I do think that that battle is going to be fun to watch. Of all those position battles, I think it's probably cornerback four, I guess, just because if Mark Fields can overtake Keith Reeser, and I'm not even talking about Rashad Fitton right now because I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would love to, I'm mostly just to, maybe can I just I, isolate it to, I want to see if Mark Fields has his head on straight enough to make this football yeah, team. Me too. We'll just, can we just leave it at that? Because if he does, like, that's he's making the, this football team and he's going to contribute. And he's, he's super talented. Yeah. He's probably one of the more talented cornerbacks that they have in the building right now. We will be back with questions from the email account and more Twitter questions after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We brought Maddie back somehow. Uh, the the internet is working a little bit better, so Maddie is back for. I've returned from the upside down. Oh, that's right, Maddie. You're watching. You're watching Stranger Things. Why did you get me start? You shouldn't have. Bro- you shouldn't have opened don't, that. Don't. Can. Don't. Okay. Don't. Moving on. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> we have several questions from the email account, which I I keep, it's so awesome that people are sending in email questions. I love it. Do Do we want to hit the question from the chat first? Sure. Yeah. While you remember, okay. Craig. While I remember. My my memory isn't what it used to be. I had it down uh, there, but yeah. go. Oh, did you? Go well, for fine. it. Okay. Nolan Winkleman asks from the chat, important hair question. Sammy Watkins cut his dreads last year because he was, quote, too old for them. How long till Pat changes his hairstyle, and what does he change it to? Listen, Pat's going to change his hairstyle in exactly three years. The Chiefs are going to win two Super Bowls over that time. And after that second Super Bowl win, he's going to feel like he's now like the veteran. He's now like the leader man in the locker room. He's going to get a nice high and tight fade. He's got to look more professional, more like a grown-up. He's got to be the adult in the locker room. Three years from now, two Super Bowl rings. You just got to clean it up a little bit. Just don't go full Russell Wilson, please. Pat, (laughs) don't go full Russell Wilson. Never go full Russell Wilson. Sorry, Craig, did you have something to add? No, he's he's gonna go. He's gonna go clean, nice smooth dome. No, yeah, he's That's, gonna do that. Quit trying he's to make grow bald happen, out. Craig. No, quit trying no. to make bald happen. Uh, questions from the email, and what is that email address again, Craig? APNerdSquad at gmail dot com. That we have a we have a Gmail, guys. This is crazy. <laughs> We're almost a year into the you know, show, too. I actually you know, I have a couple Gmails, actually. Li- literally, <laughs> literally anybody can have a Gmail. I know, but it just feels official. Like I have like 15. We got People ask us questions via Gmail, and we've barely advertised it. I think that's pretty cool. Shucks, guys. Dude, if you think that's crazy, wait until next week when people start sending you like postal mail, like real snail mail questions. I sent out your address the other day oh. secretly. Yeah, so you're going to get some uh, questions via the uh, mailbox. That'll be fun times. There's no way that ends bad. Uh, (laughs) Record predictions for each AFC West team. Uh, I'll start. I'm just going to do the Chargers. The Chargers are going to go 10-6 and and be underwhelming. uh, But they're going to win 10 road games because they play 16. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Maddie, what's the Raiders record? I don't know, two and fourteen. Wow, wow! You have a lot of faith in John Gruden. <laughs> I I have even more in Derek Carr. Clearly, <laughs> oh now wow. The, and I think the amount of games that Derek Carr sheds tears in matches the two and fourteen. This is eyeliner run. Oh, man, wow! That that was a sad picture last year. Seriously sad picture. I almost felt bad for him. I didn't. Yeah, Craig. What's the Broncos record this year? I can't because people push Derek Carr as an MVP candidate one year. So anything that ever happens, I simply can't feel bad. <laughs> the Broncos. Broncos. I'm gonna go seven and nine. I like Vic Fangio. I I think he's a good 
defensive coach. We'll see how he is as a head coach, but I think he's going to bring a good attitude back to that defense. They're not talentless there, but they do have Joe Flacco. Is Vic so, Fangio going to play quarterback? No, no, he's not. But uh, Drew Locke might by the end of the season. We'll we'll see. I, I think that defense is going to be pretty good, though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, tr- imagine trying to win without a quarterback. Can't relate. Yeah. No, we didn't go through that like no, at all. Ever. Never. Never. Yeah. John H. emailed in. He said, hey, guys, Chiefs fan in New York and love the pod. That means a lot, man. Appreciate it. Uh, when does it get to the point where you don't care anymore about how little love the team gets every offseason, especially after back-to-back-to-back AFC West titles? John, I'm already there, my friend. I don't care about what people think about the Chargers. I kind of love it. I kind of think it's funny that we pl- – I, I think the whole I think the whole bit's kind of funny at this point. Everyone picks the Chargers. They poop the bed. The Chiefs win the AFC West. It's a really fun cycle. Please continue to doubt Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah, it, it is kind of funny at this point in time that for some reason the Chiefs aren't a lock for the AFC West title every year, according to most people, and I'm not sure why. Even football like opinions that I believe and like I really respect their opinion will still come out every year and just be like, the Chargers look like a team to contend in the AFC West. And I just, I simply don't understand. I think it's funny. I'm a little baffled by it. It used to bother me a lot more, but now Pat's here. The team looks like on paper, like it's going to be super exciting. So it just, now it no longer matters to me. But when it was more of a struggle, even though the Chiefs were winning year after year, it was, it was a little frustrating. Uh, middle of February next year after the Chiefs win a Super Bowl and they still pick the Chargers to win the AFC West. That that's that's when it won't matter. I want I want more love for the Chiefs defense this offseason. We we ain't getting any of that from national media. So I, I, I still got a little bit of a chip tiny little chip on my shoulder. You seen those cornerbacks? I have you seen everywhere else though? Mm. I uh, mm. I watched some cornerbacks last night. I yeah. told Craig that already. Uh, he uh, okay. John H. John H. Also asks. I love this question. Also, I've been a Chiefs fan for about 16 years now. I'm 26. And I constantly get called a front runner now. Of course. <laughs> In your opinion, who is the appropriate name to throw out there? This is very important. Who is the appropriate name to throw out there when saying I suffered through the insert player coach here times? I usually use Tyler Palco. Probably the most important question we will ever answer, Matthew. Jordan Black, when he had to try to block Dwight Freeney in the playoffs because Willie Rove's toe was acting up. And the player that I nicknamed I-65 because you could drive an 18-wheeler right through the middle of his chest on any given play. That would be Jordan Black's the guy for me. Well, never. Worst answer you could have given. <laughs> How? That's so. How? There's so many more futile moments in our history. Craig, help Matthew out. Todd Blackledge. Done. What? The thing that made the Chiefs not draft another first round quarterback until Patrick Lavon Mahomes, <laughs> Todd Blackledge. That's. That's how far back there. That's an appropriate name. I know you're 26, so that's before your time. But just throw it out there because that is ridiculous. They were they drafted so poorly that they didn't address it again for 30 plus years. 
Craig, I don't want to disrespect Todd Blackledge. <laughs> but Romeo Cronell is the biggest black mark on this franchise of all time. No. Uh, no. 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 Not even close. no. No, no, no. I, it's my turn to speak. You guys both had an opportunity. And the you Rome- trashed mine. The Romeo Cronell era was the singular worst experience I have had, but also the singular best experience I've had as a cheese fan because it was so bad you just had to laugh and you knew good things were coming off of it. You, you, it was so abysmal. The 2-14 and 14 season, I had season tickets. I went to every game. I wore a bag over my head. And the only thing that got me through that 2-14 and 14 season was the Romeo Cronell drops. That he, he said the dumbest things, the most amazing things in his press conference. He talked about osmosis at one point. Mm-hmm. He, he, he defined what a long snapper's job was. Well, if you could take the ball and you can throw it between your legs backwards, you could make a pretty good living in this league. Like, sounds, like a, sounds like a guy who knows his football. He does, clearly. <laughs> Uh, let's play good football. Eliminate bad football signs hanging. That is the most futile existence of our Chiefs fandom. And it's not close, fellas. No. Oh, come on. Have you seen Jordan Black try to block anything in your life? Did you say, did you say it was futile. in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. He, it was in the playoffs. He playoffs. prevented the Chiefs from potentially winning a Super Bowl when they had a team that could do so because he was so inept they put a backup tight end in his spot to block a pass rusher instead of him, Kent. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl. You don't know that. I do. You don't. Because I'm a Chiefs fan I can't, who I can't had to live through the picked, Romeo Cornell era. I can't believe you picked Romeo Cornell. I love Romeo Cornell. I would hug oh, Romeo Cornell I, if I no, ran into him on the Sam's street. Sam's coming in bringing the heat right he, now for me. Jordan Black a, had a 35 overall PFF grade and a 7.8 pass blocking grade. Seven. Point eight, Kent. Mark seven Ru- point eight. Mark Ruman asks, "Hey guys, love your podcast. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, it really does. I'm in the market for two new jerseys this year. Obviously, the first one will be Mahomes. Was leaning towards Chris Jones for the second one, but what percentage chance would you guys predict that he and the team aren't able to agree on an extension?" I- uh, thanks in advance and keep up the great work. Craig, chances that Chris Jones and the Chiefs aren't able to agree to an extension. Man, this is really tough because I do think the Chiefs have been holding pretty firm that they're not going to sign him until he shows up, until they see him within the scheme. I know we've talked a lot about that, that this coaching staff wants guys that are going to play a little more gap sound, that are going to be a little more disciplined within the scheme. So... With that in mind, that's up to Chris Jones. And with it being up to Chris Jones, I'm saying 50-50. There is a chance that Chris Jones does not get paid for this team this offseason. I I don't know that for sure. He could come in. He could do everything right. He could ball out in the first six weeks, and then we're signing him to a five-year, hundred-and-something million-dollar contract. But... I, I just think that he needs to show that he can play within this scheme, be the setup man, do everything they want him to do, and then you know prove that he's worth that amount of money within this scheme. 
Yeah, I'm going to say 45%. I think I'm with Craig. I think it's pretty close to a 50-50 at this point in time. And I'm not a Jersey guy, but if I was, if you have, if you're looking for a player that's going to be on the Chiefs for a while, Chris Jones would just be a little too risky for me right now. I would lean towards somebody like a Frank Clark that you know is going to be around a while or just pick someone that's under contract that's going to be here if that's a big thing for you just because I would be too afraid that Chris Jones is going to want more money than the Chiefs are going to be willing to pay. If Chris Jones wants Aaron Donald money without putting up the exact same season he had last year, I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to be in position to pay it. I do think right now I'm leaning a little bit towards him coming back to the Chiefs next year, at least for one year under a franchise tag. But long term, it's just it's too close to 50-50 right now for me. I'm kind of in the uh, the same boat as these two guys. I don't feel overly confident about the situation. We'll see what happens. We'll see what day he reports. Uh, day we'll one. See. He's showing up so. day one. I hope so. Uh, real quick update. Some people in the live stream are providing their favorite Romeo Cornell quotes. We got a, uh, a human nature says, boom. We got a, it, he says Javier has a little groin, but it's actually Jaleel Brown has a little groin. Yeah. Uh, I remember one, it was, uh, well, they call it football, and uh, the foot is part of the game. I mean, he was just, he was a quote machine. He really is what brought me through that season. You could just kind of laugh at the, you know, the, the existence of that season. It was, it was something. Uh, Rise of Mahomes asks, state uh, are you, what, what are your project projections for Mahomes now that the Legion of Zoom is intact? If you don't know, Brit Chief UK, off of one of Craig's wonderful statistics about, uh, about the receiver groups in their 40 times, coined the phrase the Legion of Zoom. I'm very here for it. Stat projections now that the Legion of Zoom is intact, Matthew? Um, we're going to crack 5,000 yards again. So we're going 5,026 yards. The Kansas City Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes is going to crack 5,000 yards. And then touchdowns, we're not going to hit 50. He is not going to hit 50. Can't say we. Ken's getting on me about that. So we're going to go with uh, 47 touchdowns. One of them is going to be rushing. And 10 interceptions. Whew, I like that. Um... I'm going to go 5,200 yards. Woo. I'm going to go 52 touchdowns. Wow. And I'm going to go 14 interceptions. I know that seems a little high, but he he, he tries some stuff. He, he just, you know, a little more of those no looks. Yeah, he just Are tries they, some stuff. Were these, were these stats left-handed or? No, no, oh. no. Behind the back, blindfolded. Uh, oh, okay. Now it seems more reasonable. Uh, give me, give me forty nine touchdowns because I'm such a hater. <laughs> give me fifty one hundred yards, nine interceptions, forty nine nine and fifty one hundred. Mm. Wow, I am going full on home. See, for here's the, the here's the thing. I don't think they're this. gonna have to score forty points to beat quality teams. That just lowers down the stats. I. I, I'm going full Homer okay. right now. I, I'm not. You. I don't I see how homerism. my. I don't understand how my projections are less Homer when I'm saying the Chiefs are going to win more because the defense is better. I don't follow your logic, Kent. <laughs> uh, sh- I don't either. Maybe I wasn't totally listening to your answer. Schweb twenty nine asks: Assume you're Brett Beach. <laughs> if the Cowboys called and offered you Byron Jones for Chris Jones, 
straight up. Would you accept the trade, Matthew? Um, no, I like Byron Jones, and I would love to have him on this team, but I would like to see Byron Jones actually play cornerback for a, really well for a full season. He really slowed down the latter half of last year from the few games that I did get to see of the Cowboys, so just bringing him into a new system that plays a little different than what Chris Richard asks from his kind of cover three system that's the same as Seattle. It's a little bit more straightforward. I just would like to see more than one year Byron Jones at quarterback before I would trade what Chris Jones can be, what I know he can be this upcoming season. I I think I'm going to go with yes, but just barely. I think the Chiefs can handle maybe losing Chris Jones. I do think that they're not as dynamic uh, they don't get after the quarterback as well. I don't think that they're nearly as good of a team up front, but I think Byron Jones is clear-cut CB1. That solves a lot of problems on the back end. It solves a lot of issues that maybe you might have at corner, and you're not relying on some of these guys to sort of play above and beyond what they would have to do you know, to be a good defense. Plus, if Byron Jones has another good year, all of a sudden, you're going to be paying him like a top CB. If you're willing to pay Chris Jones $22 million, paying a top CB $16, $15 million, that saves you a little more money. This is such a tough question. I really like it because cornerbacks don't hit the market very often, and it's it's really hard to acquire top-end corners. I don't know for sure if Byron Jones is quite that yet, though. I feel like Chris Jones for Byron Jones straight up probably isn't a great deal. But if there was, if it was like Byron Jones and a third for Chris Jones, I think I'd probably take it. It's close, uh, especially considering the money you got to spend. Like, it's a really good question. It's a really like there's there's a lot of ways I could go with it. Well, taking it back to Mark's question a little bit ago, I believe it was. Was it Mark's question? Yeah, Mark's question with Chris Jones. If the Chiefs don't plan on having Chris Jones here long term, I do think it's a trade that you would have to make. So if you were Brett Veach, you weren't planning on keeping Chris Jones long term, then yeah. I think it's a pretty clear cut yes. Just in a vacuum a of trading form right now, without really thinking about mm-hmm. the future of either one right now, I would not do it. Because I'm with you. I'm not ready to say Byron Jones is a top-tier cornerback just based on, like I said, about half of last year. Yeah, and but again, but like it's just it's why it's a great question. Yeah. It is, but it's hard to find cornerbacks. It's hard to get them. It, they don't hit the market very often. I think you're more likely to find a quality defensive lineman than you are to find a cornerback on the open market. That being said, Chris Jones is still a very, very good. He, he's player. a little more than quality. Yeah. Right, right. So it's 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 hard. The Chiefs haven't done much at the cornerback position, though. And I'm frankly, the closer we get to the season, I'm terrified. Uh, I watched Charvarius Ward last week or last night. I'm sorry, and it was like a cut up, and I got to see a lot of plays of him playing off coverage, and it's a work in progress. He's got to make a big step. He's got to make a big step because they need him, well, and he's got to be better in off cover- off coverage. He makes a lot year. of big steps, and I think that's part of the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's a good joke, but you're also not wrong. <laughs> and I want, I, yeah, I want him to do well. Believe me, We're, I want him to do well. But I have some hesitations the more I watch Charvarius Ward, and when I watched him in that context, in that cut up, I was, 
I was a little uneasy. We've, we've talked Casey, about that a little bit. Uh, we yeah, talked about that through I, the end of the season a little bit and a little bit yeah. this offseason. It's, uh, he needs to feel the route. He needs to be in press. He needs to be close to the receiver and kind of have his hand on him to feel the route. And, yeah, like Maddie said, I mean, takes giant strides. And it's hard, to, it's hard to get in and out of a break if you're in the middle of your stride. Well, he's a big dude, and, tr- and the he guy is. like him trying to transition is like it's not easy. He was better fit to be in a press scheme. Mm-hmm. If he was getting, if he's getting to press consistently, like we talked, me and Craig talked, if he's getting to press consistently this year, that's going to help him a lot. But I mean, he's 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 got to he's got to improve the athletic profile a little bit. KC Royal fifty two eighty, who gets more sacks this year? Chris Jones or Frank Clark? More sacks, Chris or Frank Craig? I'm going to go with Frank. I don't think it's by that much, but I do think it's by maybe a sack and a half. I'm going to go with Frank, though. Yeah, I'm going with Frank as well. He's going to get more snaps, some more opportunities to get sacks, and just the way the defense is schemed up right now, it's designed a lot to get your best uh, edge rusher to get pressure, whether up the middle or off the the edge or of the middle coming off the edge it's designed specifically for your defensive ends to get your pressure whether through the stunts through the games they're running or just isolating them one-on-one i know we talked about early to start the offseason that the three tech in this kind of scheme is going to be in a perfect position to get pressure and they are but the way spagnola and even daily kind of really drew up their defense from what i've seen on the film it's designed a lot around your stud defensive ends getting the pressure with one-on-ones against offensive tackles or just looping onto the interior behind a defensive tackle on a stunt. Oh, me. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. sweep it. Frank Clark. Uh, give me Frank Clark. Over under 28 sacks for the group, Craig. Just under. I think that Clark will have 13 and a half and Chris Jones will have 12. So just barely under. And we talked a little bit about sack numbers earlier in the year. I think they're going to come from everywhere due to Spagnuolo's blitzing preferences and everything like that. That still, with those two scoring that kind of sack total, Alex Okafor adding another seven or eight, the rest of the guys around there are probably going to collect another you know, handful, and they will still be up there close to the number that they put up last year when we were talking about how they were the number one team in sacks and pressures and everything like that. They'll be close to that this year, even with that. I mean, since Kent's calling out my homerism, I'm going to go ahead and have to go with over. I'm going to go over 28 sacks here. Um, And I actually do think it's pretty realistic. It's like we just talked about. I don't think Chris Jones is going to drop below, uh, significantly below what he had last year. So I'm seeing 12, 13 for him. I think Frank Clark comfortably gets more than him, not by a ton, but comfortably. So, I mean, we're still looking at 15, 16 sacks. I know it's going to be a big career year for Frank Clark. So, 28 is a great number, but I'm going over. We're going to give him 28 and a half to 29. 28 is a great number. Uh, I'm going to (laughs) push. Why not that? 28 on the dot, fellas. What are the odds on that? Give me the odds on that. I'm saying 15 from Frank, 13 from Chris. Uh, if we'll take a couple questions from the live stream, I think I saw a couple. Um, someone said over under on Mahomes throwing 600 yards in a game. Let's just say yes or no. 600 yards no. in a game from Vitamin no. J. No. No. I'll say no. 
but he'll throw in the fives at least once next year, maybe twice. It would have happened last year if it was going to happen. I think so. The Rams game. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. Rams game. I think he threw in the fives during the Rams game, right? Was it like 526? Something like that, yeah. If it I don't was five, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to check because if it's 526, I need to give a li- get a life. <laughs> yeah. Um, any Craig, do you see any more in there? While yeah. Uh, what would you do if Burfick does something dirty to Mahomes and injures him? Like, what? Uh, describe your feelings. I would you, send out go a through? wicked tweet immediately. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would lose my mind and I wouldn't shut up. He threw for 478 yeah. against the Rams. So he didn't break five. He didn't break five once last year. I'm going to call it he breaks five once this year. Just once. He's going to do it just once. Just once. Okay. Again, what game is that? We got asked uh, what everybody thought or what we thought was going to be a potential shootout this year. So that that's a perfect segue into that. Uh, what game is a shootout? Let me look at the schedule real quick. I could see the Packers game being a shootout. Okay. I, I could see... I, Packers game might be a. I, I could very easily see that one being a shootout. I think that's a very good guess. I mean, um, when we play the Patriots. Yeah, I would say if if uh, if the Vikings got any kind of confident uh, quarterback play, I'd say the Vikings game. Just kidding. I just wanted to throw some Kirk Cousins slander because I know Maddie likes him. N- Maddie thinks he's an average to above average quarterback. <laughs> Kent thinks he's a backup level quarterback. <laughs> I didn't say backup. I don't think he's remotely worth. Thirty million dollars a year. That's ridiculous. We uh we just found out Re- that Alan Bailey to the Falcons two year contract, low money. So sounds about right. There you go. After Scott Pioli leaves. After Scott Pioli leaves, they were just waiting on Scott Pioli to get out of the building so they could uh, hire his guy. Guys, I think the Packers is the right call here. I think so too. That that's, yeah, I think that's a good one. And when they play the Patriots, those are your two big ones. You look at a quarterback yep. that's willing. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a shootout against the oh, Patriots. It is. Mm. Mm. Steve I think, Spagnola. I think Tom. It's it's late enough in the season that Tom is going to be forty yeah. plus year old Tom, and he's just going to be turning around that. and hitting the ball and getting the ball out into the flats right away and getting lucky on a couple throws where Steven Nelson doesn't. She's definitely going to have to score a lot I'm of points bitter. in the conference championship game last year, Kent. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying they had to score the a lot. Defense is better. It's not. It's not a shootout though. Yeah, you got to score I a lot. Know. It was the Patriots being good enough for a half, and then Patrick Mahomes coming back. And yeah. So imagine if Pat was good for an entire game. Hmm. That's not a shootout. That's a doesn't <laughs> matter. That's yards. <laughs> All right, let's end it on that yep. one. That's gonna do it for this week's show. Uh, we'll or this week's bail bag. We'll be back later in the week talking about anything that happens in the first few days of training camp with the rookies and quarterbacks anything interesting we hear uh or we'll just start making stuff up that will do it for this week's uh mailbag thank you so much five days till training camp five dollars to get in five star reviews boys and girls more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.